All right, if you have your Bibles, look in 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, verse 13. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. It says, We are bound to give thanks always to God for you. Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica. This is the second letter he's written them to try to train them on how to be a real good church. And that's what he's doing. He's teaching them how to be a good church that reaches a lot of people with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're here for. We're not here because we think we're better than people. We're not here because we think we're so good or righteous. We're here because we want to be better. Amen? We want to be better in Jesus' name than we were in the past. And we want to reach people for Christ because he reached down and touched us. If you're having any trouble hearing, you can turn your car radio on to 91.5, and you should be able to hear me uh, pretty well over your speakers, 91.5 in your car. All right, so it says, we're bound to give thanks to God for you. Paul's telling the people at the church. I want to tell you, Susie and I constantly thank God for you, the people at the church at Union Valley. You know, we're hearing a lot of things today. That's They're true, partially true. The Bible says that the church is the people. Amen? The church is the people. That's true. But this also is a church. This is a church building. This is a organization that reaches out to the world. That's also a church. There's another way that we are part of the church, and that is if you're a Christian, you know it, then you're part of the whole church around the whole world. And so you have the church in you. You're the people. You have the building where the church meets. You have the organization that reaches out to the community. And then you have all over the world the church that one day when the trumpet sounds is going to go out of here and go home with Jesus. It says, we give thanks to you always, brethren, we love you, and it says, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation. Now, I want to ask you this. Do you believe the Bible is God's word? If you do, if you do, then the Bible says right here and in several other places that God chose you to be saved. Unto salvation. He chose you. Yes, you had to choose him back. You had to choose him back. But he chose you. And it was not a mistake. And it was not temporary. And it was not a childish thing. It was for life and for eternity. He knew exactly what he was doing that day when he chose you. I look back and I think, wow, I can't believe that that happened to me. But it did. And you might look back in your life and remember the day that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. Don't ever forget that because in times like these, when things seem bleak and we don't really know exactly what's going to happen next, in times like these, we need to always be able to go back to that day and say, I remember that day. I accepted Christ that day. God chose me and I chose him. And there is no disease and there is no government and there is no human being, no antichrist, no organization that can take my salvation away from me. Ever. 
And I'm bragging on Jesus, not myself. If it was up to me, I would have failed a long time ago. But the Lord keeps us going. And we have examples of that. Paul said, God has chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief in the truth. Those two things. Sanctification of the Spirit means that the Holy Spirit cleaned you up. It means the Holy Spirit washed your sins away. The blood of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, moved in your life and changed you. That's what it means, sanctification. It means he sanctified you. He made you holy, not because you're a holy person, but because he is holy, he can do that. Because he is God, he can do that. He can share his holiness with other people. And that's what he did for you, and that's what he did for me, and we can't forget it. We can't let anything take that away from us. We can't, we can't turn our back on the greatest thing that God ever did for us, and that is to make us clean through his spirit. And it says, belief of the truth. Wow, I'll tell you what, social media is a great tool, but it's also a great pack of lies about half the time. And it's hard to know what's true today, isn't it? You know, I have to every now and then I might share something and then I have to go back and take it down because I realize it wasn't true. I have to be real careful myself. How about you about uh, spreading things that are just not true? It's difficult to do because Satan is the author of confusion. He wants to confuse people. He wants to tell people that uh, watching a preacher online is just as good as coming to church. I'm thankful we can watch them online right now. But it sure is not as good as being in church, worshiping together in one accord, the Bible says. One spirit, one God, one baptism, one heaven. I want to be dedicated and committed for the rest of my life to his one church. And I am today. He says, believe the truth. The Bible is true. A scientist that sets out to disprove the Bible is no scientist. A scientist is supposed to be objective. A scientist is supposed to be open to any explanation. A scientist is supposed to discover the truth, not to set out to prove his ideas. And so science, true science... And the Bible do not conflict. In fact, if you believe the Bible, then you also know that true science is going to correspond with the plan of our Creator. We don't understand His mind. We cannot comprehend it. Sometimes preachers are wrong. Sometimes rules are wrong. Sometimes that we find out that maybe we... Uh, stressed certain things too much but here's the thing we need to stress to the whole world to our family to our kids to our grandkids even if we don't completely understand the bible it is still the truth it is the ultimate truth for the ages he says it is the beginning of Salvation being chosen by God and believing in the truth. He says, whereunto he called you by our gospel. In other words, Jesus Christ called you because you heard the gospel. 
This is the number one objective of our church. We put the gospel out on the radio. We put the gospel out in our outreach programs, in our world mission team. We put the gospel out in our Sunday school classes, our children's church, our youth church, our young adults groups. We put the gospel out, and because of that, people are drawn to Jesus Christ. It's not about a club. This church is not a social club. This church is an organization that spreads the gospel. And I'm going to ask you for a big praise, not to me, but to Jesus Christ, because this week, this coming week, we finally get to reopen the great passion play in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, to tell the truth. I'm excited about it. Because it is one of the greatest things in America representing the life of Jesus Christ. And many people right here in this church play an integral part of it. He goes on to say in verse 15, would you read it with me? Second Thessalonians 2.15, he says, Brethren, stand fast. Hold the traditions that you have been taught, whether by word or epistle. Epistle means letter. Whether uh, whether we were preaching it or teaching it or whether we wrote it out in a letter, we have told you uh, what the Lord wants of his church. Please hold fast those teachings and those traditions. I just want to tell you that I am not one that believes tradition gets you to heaven. But I am one that believes the Bible teaches if you're going to heaven, it's going to change your traditions. You're going to change your habits. It's going to change where you go and what you do and how you talk and how you act. It's going to change you. And he is urging us, don't get distracted by the world. Stay true to the most important thing, and that's serving Jesus Christ. In verse 16, our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, has loved us and has given us everlasting consolation, good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts. Establish in every good word and every good work. One of the greatest things you can do is to raise your children in Sunday school and church. It is absolutely essential for their spiritual development. And I would urge you to do that. I love to see these babies out here soaking it up. I'm going to close with these things right here. The, I, if you're taking notes, write this down. This is something I, I really feel led to share with you from this scripture. Number one, all of us that are saved and we know it, we're saved by the grace of God. That means his mercy, his goodness, his gift. Not by our works or how good we are. He's the one that did it all to give us this gift of salvation. Saved by grace, not by works. Number two, eternal life. Kids, are you listening? Eternal life does not start when you die, it starts the day you're saved, the day you're born again. That's the day your eternal life starts. Number three, 
We begin our life of service to the Lord by being baptized and getting involved with his people. We begin our life with the Lord by being baptized and getting involved serving the Lord. Number four, heaven is real, hell is real, and it's totally your choice which one you go to. Heaven is real, hell is real, and it's a 100% your choice which one you go to. If you follow Jesus in your life, then when you draw your last breath, you'll cross over into heaven. If not, he'll have to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Breaks his heart to say those words. Tears running down his face. He cries out, Father, please forgive them, for they know not what they do. Heaven is real, hell is real, and it's your choice which one you go to when you die. And last, I've been preaching on this a lot lately. And if this COVID crisis hasn't opened our eyes, what will? Jesus Christ, number five, Jesus Christ, just like he said, is coming back. Jesus Christ is coming back. Jesus Christ is coming back. Jesus Christ is coming back. He is coming back. And you can be ready. Would you pray with me? Lord, please forgive me. Come live in my heart. I give my life to you. Lord, I give you every bit of my life, my work life, my marriage life, my parenting life, every bit. I give every bit of my life to you. I want to serve you more than ever. Lord, please save me and forgive me. God, please, in Jesus' name, take me to heaven when I die. Lord, I just thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for saving my soul.